0: Welcome to Locked On NBA. On today's show, Ben Simmons is back in Philadelphia. What this means for the Sixers going forward and how the Nets plan to handle Kyrie Irving potentially missing the season.
1: You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. However you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We'll get into the latest on Kyrie Irving and then Zion Williamson's foot injury in a moment. But let's start in Philadelphia, where on Monday night, Ben Simmons touched down, landed, and took a COVID-19 test, according to ESPN, setting the stage for him to potentially return to the 76ers, although that's not yet a guarantee Uh, The 76ers are still expected to try to find a trade for Ben Simmons, but it does appear as of now that the threat of losing nearly $370,000 every game that Simmons missed maybe has forced him to bend on his holdout. David, do you think that we see Ben Simmons play in a Sixers Jersey this season?
0: I don't think we have any choice. I I, look earlier, last time we talked about this a few weeks ago, because this has been a recurring topic for almost the last month. It seems like it was, irreconcilable, right? That there was no chance that Simmons was going to return here. Now, uh, with the Philadelphia's season fast approaching, obviously, and a lack of point guards, they need Simmons. There's no doubt about that. It's the worst game of chicken I've ever seen played out like this at an NBA level. And it's just, I, I'm sure that Daryl Morey could have accepted a better trade or a trade that they thought might be Uh, In order to keep them competitive, but at the same time, Simmons refusal to return to practice or to join the team in any case, I just, I'm not sure exactly what the end game for these two parties are like, I don't, they have to play him because he's on the roster. He's their best chance at winning. And you can't just sacrifice the early part of the season, given that you want to compete for a title this year but it just doesn't seem like it would be a great fit to have a guy who's clearly unhappy in this type of situation and is open to trades elsewhere. So I, I don't know exactly what to make of it to answer your question. Yes. he will probably play. I don't even know if he'll play well. We've heard possible discussions that he's just going to kind of just play badly or not really be engaged. I don't see that being likely. I, I don't know. I don't. It's a favorite, weird, weird situation.
1: My favorite theory is that he should just come in and start launching like 10 threes a game.
0: Just that sounds awesome. Just, just despite
1: everybody uh, that's but this idea that you could just come in and and Doc Rivers at the end of the uh, Brooklyn game um, on a Monday night kind of downplayed that potential issue in the locker room of Ben Simmons just basically saying, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Leaking it out very clearly to reporters saying, like, I'm just not a fit. They're not building around me, all that stuff. Joel Embiid during uh, preseason saying, like, we've we've bent over backwards countless times. We have traded Jimmy Butler for Ben Simmons. Uh, And now he's doing this and doc rivers basically just said, I'll read the quote here. Other than the first 10 minutes of welcome back and taking the crap from your teammates about missing camp and stuff, guys want to win. They want to win. And they look at Ben as a guy that can help them do that. I have no doubt that their Sixers are better with Ben Simmons than they are without Ben Simmons. If a trade doesn't materialize, but the idea that, Oh, it's going to be a 10 minutes of ribbing and then we'll get over it. Like, get out of here with that there's no way that that's going to be the case it's going to be awkward it's going to be weird he does not want to be there the Sixers are still expected according to these reports from Adrian Wojnarowski and and Shams and all that that they're still trying to find a trade for him the only difference the only thing that happened here is the threat of you know what I just don't want to lose $369,000 a game it turns out that that is actually a lot of money
0: right good motivation there I I just don't see how this is going to work out. Like, look, the idea of teammates having to get along is one that's been overblown for years. Everybody wants to think of this team that's completely harmonious, great chemistry, but the reality is these guys are professionals. But this is beyond the normal strife of a locker room. This is a really... Tempestuous situation where players are clearly unhappy with Simmons and vice versa. And I think it's just going to be a very uncomfortable situation, like you said. So I can't yeah, Kobe, see how he. Kobe would...
1: and Shaq didn't like each other, but they trusted each other to make the right basketball play. I think that there's an inherent level of trust. There's a trust issue of like Ben Simmons is going to have a wide open layup and he's just going to kick it out to a shooter for no reason. And he might right. not even show up. He doesn't want to be here. I mean, it's a big difference of, hey, we just don't get along but we can, but we respect each other professionally, right? That's what you always heard about Kobe and Shaq and these other, but they don't respect each other professionally. That much has been made very clear this preseason.
0: And and let's not overlook that the Philadelphia crowd is not exactly going to be welcoming him with open arms. The Los Angeles faithful. They didn't care that Kobe and Shaq hated each other. They were both fantastic on the court. Every time Simmons steps on the court, he's going to get booed at, at the very least they've had numerous op-ed pieces about what a trash person and player is like even as a media perspective what's that like it's like yeah i've spent the last three weeks bad mouthing you can i get a good quote from you i just don't see how it's going to work out seamlessly here it's going to be a disaster and this is a team that's been so dysfunctional for so long i just don't see why you'd want to do this at at this point this
1: is why ben simmons would want to do it right is does it actually help him to make it more dysfunctional? Because if he's just away from the team, not taking paychecks, Philly could be like, yeah, that's fine. Just we'll, we'll, we'll save some money. We don't have to pay you. Um, You're not causing any problems. Maybe this is Ben Simmons's way of trying to force the issue a little bit as he gets in there and he starts becoming a locker room problem. And, and Philly starts to budge a little bit on their own stance. Like that could be the rich Paul playbook here. Right. And, look, we've seen guys like Jimmy Butler do this, getting out of Philly, causing problems, and Minnesota just causing problems until he got out of there. The difference, and this was in a Sam Amick uh, article that he wrote for The Athletic about how people are questioning Ben Simmons, and executives around the league just question his drive and his desire and all that kind of stuff that executives worry about, and I get it. Like the one thing about Jimmy Butler is, yeah, he's a, he could be a locker room issue when he doesn't want to be there, but nobody doubts that Jimmy Butler like cares, right? Everybody knows that he cares and maybe his problem is that he cares too much. Right. With Ben Simmons, I think there is there appears to be a question about whether or not he cares enough. Does he care enough to fix that jumper? Does he care enough to report to training camp? Does he care enough to be in peak playing shape and reach his potential? I think, I think executives around the league would rather have the guy who can be a problem, but if he's around the right teammates could be in the right situation and at least cares enough to perfect his game, the way that Jimmy Butler has, they would rather have that than they would, than, than Ben Simmons, I think in a lot of cases. And if they don't believe that he cares enough.
0: Yeah. This is the ugly standoff in recent memory. The Jimmy one was bad because it became so widely publicized because of his connection with Rachel Nichols and everything else. But at the same time, there was no doubting his willingness to compete at an incredible level. It was him questioning his teammates, if anything, is why he wanted out of Minnesota as badly as and, and
1: questioning Ben Simmons in Philly.
0: Yeah, that certainly played a factor in him signing with Miami. But Harden also, similarly, it's not like his play on the court was a problem. He just lost faith in a franchise that replaced a coach, traded his friend uh, and Russell Westbrook out, off the team, had traded Chris Paul before that. He just didn't like the, the, the future of that squad, and he wanted out of there. He wanted to join a team in Brooklyn where he could pair with a former teammate, Kevin Durant. That made a lot of sense. This is just, I mean, the team doesn't want Simmons to play the way he currently does. Whatever Rivers and and Embiid will backtrack over the next few days, the the answer is pretty obvious that they don't want him, this version of Simmons on this team. So why not just bite the bullet and trade him already? Like, this is just, this is not good. Like, I'm more, I know he wants to stand his ground. He wants to prove that he can't just be bullied by Rich Paul and Simmons or anybody else. But man, like make the trade like if we're hearing these rumors about malcolm brogdon being an option there that still makes you competitive that still makes you a really good team i don't see why they wouldn't just pull the trigger on something like that
1: well this is the stalemate that we've been talking about right and it just felt like something had to give this entire time and it appears as if now that something is starting to give you mentioned indiana and malcolm brogdon there uh david aldridge uh reported that ben simmons would have no problem quote unquote no problem going to Sacramento, which, man, if you're a Kings fan, that's, like, not the phrasing that you really feel good about. Is like, yeah, this player wouldn't have a problem coming up th- to my team. Great. But um, the idea that you could get maybe Buddy Heald and, like, a Tyrese Halliburton, maybe some other bit pieces here and there, and then, like, every draft pick that the Kings have, it's kind of like the Malcolm Brogdon thing with Indiana. It's it's okay. you got some nice players there, um, guys who certainly fit, right, especially with Buddy Heald being a prolific three-point shooter that obviously helps the spacing. But... I just, my thing with, with trading Ben Simmons, obviously you're kind of at a point where you're going to have to do it at some point. You're going to have to bite the bullet on it to uh, like, to your point. But I mean, they use Danny Green tonight to guard Kevin Durant. And Danny Green is a good defender. Even at this age, he's a pretty solid defender. And Kevin Durant, 23 points on nine for 13 shooting in 26 minutes. Um, that would have been Ben Simmons's assignment. And I just don't know what Philadelphia does in order to maintain an elite defense if you're basically replacing Ben Simmons with Furkan Korkmaz, who, to his credit, scored 27 points tonight and was uh, very good offensively, but doesn't give you much defensively. And then if Danny Green is your best wing defender, and they were without Tobias Harris, and maybe they could have used him a little bit. That's a big body. But but still, I mean, I, I know you got Joel Embiid plugged there in the middle, but not having Ben Simmons would be such a tough thing defensively for them.
0: Is there a team that is willing at this point to kind of just restart things in the hope of acquiring a player of Simmons's caliber and rebuilding around him? Because I think that's what's become apparent is that you have to pick your, your, who, who you build around. And clearly the answer in Philadelphia is Joel Embiid because he's an MVP level player. And Simmons, while well, he's been kind of besmirched over the last few weeks, clearly still a very good player himself. But he requires a specifically built roster to complement his skill set. I can't think of any team that's just willing to punt everything that they've accomplished up to this point. I'm I'm trying to think maybe. maybe, Sacramento, Orlando,
1: Orlando, Sacramento, like those are the teams that make sense, but then that's the problem, right? Is if you're the 76ers and you want to compete right now, then like, what do you care about? Even a bunch of draft picks, like who cares? Like a bunch of draft picks and nice young rookies. And that's why I think they're still trying to hold out hope for maybe, maybe things go South in Portland or Washington. You can get a legit star. Um in return for Ben Simmons and if those teams are looking to rebuild then having a guy if you have to if you have to trade Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal because one of them requests a trade then you know getting a guy like Ben Simmons and just rebuilding everything around that player makes a little bit of sense. Um, let's move on to why the Nets are bracing to play without Kyrie Irving this season but first David tell listeners about Sleeper.
0: Well in 2018 the fantasy sports experts over at Sleeper Realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of picking, playing, sorry, fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score ensuring an even number of games played between opponents the days of losing because your opponents players simply had more scheduled players to play in that week are over the days of mindless daily busy work are over whether you prefer a redraft keeper or dynasty game picks has you covered sleeper crack the fantasy basketball code if you play fantasy football if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus that daily busy work you're going to love game picks download the sleeper app and start a league with your friends today you will not be disappointed
1: Let's go to Brooklyn, where the Nets are beginning to settle into the fact that Kyrie Irving won't be with the team anytime soon. With Steve Nash telling reporters recently, quote, we recognize he's not playing in home games. We're going to have to, for sure, play without him this year. So it just depends on when, where, and how much. Uh, Kyrie Irving did uh, report for a practice recently in Brooklyn. He also participated in a team event um, uh, at an outdoor court. Um, at Rucker Park and there is that uh recently the the city ruled that the the training facility the practice facility is a is a business private entity and, yeah. yeah. and so like Kyrie bring a practice but still i mean still no momentum going towards him getting a vaccine towards the city ruling that he can indeed play in home games and and all these things uh and now we're starting to hear comments from Steve Nash just like that one Kevin Durant very similar comments, basically just saying, look, it's out of, and, and James Harden both saying uh, it's out of our control. And it looks like we're going have to prepare to be without uh, Kyrie Irving this year. I just don't see it a way where him playing, I think a lot of nets are just let him play away games. But if he's just playing 41 games out a year and is he going to be in shape and you're not, and you're just, you're without the team, you're, you're, you're you know, away from the team for a week, two weeks for these long road trips. I just don't see a way that this is tenable and it just feels like, okay, if it's, between part-time and no time because full-time just right now is not an option unless Kyrie gets the vaccine. Then I, I I kind of feel like they should just go no time and just be like, look, man, you don't get the vaccine. You're just not going to play for us because at some point, I feel like the Brooklyn nets, I I understand that they're, they're run by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and James Harden, whatever, but you got to start to take
0: a little bit of control here. Don't you? No, uh, I don't think they will, uh, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I just think that's a, even the nature of how this team was assembled. Like they, they were willing to pay a lot of money for Kevin Durant, even though they knew he was going to be sitting out a full year due to injury. They accepted Kyrie for all of his quirks and off the court issues and not, not issues, but just his interest and in the way he does things, the way he conducts himself. They they traded away some nice players in order to acquire James Harden last year. That's kind of the risk you take to build a super team. And I think your championship window is still pretty wide open. The reality is that they only really need Kyrie for the postseason. Even last year, it showed that even when either Harden or Durant or Irving missed time during the playoffs, they were still a pretty good team. So I think they still feel pretty comfortable and confident that they can make a a strong impact and a strong playoff run, even if Kyrie continues this. But I just I wonder where the breaking point is.
1: Is there any reason that Kyrie would be able to play in the playoffs? I mean, you're at the point now where I'm seeing like conspiracies that they should just tank in the regular season and make sure they play more games on the road than they do at home because they're not going to have one of their best players. You're right. Like you built everything, understanding I that this is the what you get when you bring in Kyrie Irving. I
0: don't. I don't think this is going to last 82 games. That's that's my feeling. Is that I, I just think we've seen this with Kyrie too often in the last few years. Yeah. I, I think he's he likes tweaking the media. He likes questioning things. He likes posing those questions that are uncomfortable and make us yeah. all wonder. Uh, there's even a possibility, as I've heard some rumors, that maybe he might actually already still be vaccinated. And just yeah, no,
1: that's what I thought.
0: No, yeah. I, that's and my favorite
1: Kyrie Irving theory is that he actually got the vaccine, but because his brand is someone that questions and is cynical, that he's just right. saying that I don't have the vaccine and all right. this stuff. That's that's my favorite theory. And it's mo- it would be the most Kyrie Irving thing ever. Yeah, Um, he's
0: keeping his third eye open and questioning why we need the vaccine, even as he's already gotten it. So that's that's I mean, it's what is the vaccine,
1: really? I mean, who's yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, a scientist, Uh, but, you know, (laughs) what do they know? Uh, You know, the plausibility, however, is that I see that he's probably just going to eventually just cave and said, look, I did this for a while. I asked the questions that everybody was afraid to ask. He wants to put himself out there as that person who's always kind of representing the the 11th man in the room, right? Somebody who's always willing to look in the opposite direction, the devil's advocate. And so uh, eventually he'll relent and he'll just come back. And I mean, if if the indication from that footage is anything, uh, I think Harden and Durant are very accepting of who he is and his decision-making process, the way he does things. And so I don't think there's going to be any tension in Brooklyn the way there is currently in Philadelphia. So uh, if anything, I don't think this is necessarily a, a, I don't, I don't, as much as we kind of distrust Kyrie Irving and we don't like the conversation because of the vaccine and the pandemic, that is still a very, very real problem. Uh, the reality is that I don't think on the on the floor and in that locker room, it's as problematic as we as media and fans are making it seem.
1: Not yet, but if yet. things go south in Brooklyn a little bit and Out I- south,
0: how south do they have to go?
1: If they start having, if they have a losing record or if they're 500 and they're not one of the better teams in the East and and they're struggling, I mean, and if they have, I mean, this is a thin roster, even with Kyrie Irving, um, they had a big acquisition in getting Patty Mills for the mid-level exception, which is a really nice addition, but that's basically their backcourt is him and Joe Harris and, and James Harden. And if one of those guys gets hurt and we've seen James Harden get injured, we've seen Kevin Durant get injured. I mean, one of those guys goes down. That's the whole reason why you have three stars is that you have insurance in case one of them goes down. And in this case, it's been helpful and not that Kyrie got hurt, but in that Kyrie is unavailable for a different reason, but you're kind of just rolling out there at the beginning of the season with two all-stars and not really the depth that you had before you made the Harden trade. So if Harden or Kevin Durant go down for a sustained amount of time, I just don't see how they can get through that. I mean, it's a long regular season, man. Like, they're going to face injuries and it's a veteran roster. I mean, they are going to face injuries. I don't know. And to me, it's going to come down to either Kevin Durant or James Harden saying, look, dude, I get it, but we got to put our foot down at some, like you just got to get the vaccine, man, just get it. And it's Kyrie. We know is not going to listen to management. He's not going to listen to Steve Nash. He's not going to listen to anybody. He's going to listen to Kevin Durant or James Harden. If they, if, if he'll even listen to them, we don't even know if that's the case um and if it gets to a certain point like i don't know what the front office can do in order to try to gain some control of the situation other than just being like look trade them like that's the only option that they have and good luck telling kevin durant that they're trading them
0: right so they're kind of they're kind of stuck here right in a way that yeah yeah, i mean not in the same way that philadelphia is because it seems like this is a problem with their own making uh, where they can find an easy way out but are choosing not to exercise that easy way out Uh, in brooklyn's case i i I think they're kind of going to be patient with it i don't know if it's just a matter of again how they assemble this roster knowing the personalities involved and what's at stake here and knowing perhaps that it's not going to matter that they could go let's say they they reached a midway point let's say the all-star break right they're 50 games into the season and they're How bad could they possibly be 30 and 20 at that point? I mean, just over 500, 10 games over 500. That's not a bad record. And then they have 32 more games to play after the all-star break. If Kyrie comes back after the all-star break, and then they go on a 25 to seven run there, and they're still able to get home court advantage for most of the playoffs. I think bygones will be bygones. And they're more than willing to accept that kind of behavior. from them.
1: I mean, it'll come down again to Kevin Durant or James Harden being like, look, maybe we're okay. Maybe we're 30 and 20, but. We don't feel like we have enough and we need you for this champ. Like they're at this, James Harden's not won a championship. Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn to win a championship with Kyrie Irving. If he's not around and they don't feel like they are, they have what it takes to win the title without Kyrie Irving, which I know some people are saying that they are still a championship favorite without Kyrie Irving. I won't go that far. I understand that they're still one of the better teams in the East, but I won't go as far as to say that they should be a favorite. Um, I wouldn't bet on them. But uh, if one of those guys just says, look, we need you. I do, I do wonder what Kyrie Irving would do because Kevin Durant has kind of, and James Harden have both said that much publicly to the media. Hey, we need him. We're not the same team without him. We would love him back. We we love to have him back, but we understand that he's going, he's making his own decision, going through something, whatever. Uh, right. We should have enough to get it done. Next man up, all that stuff. But that's what they're saying publicly. I want to know what they're saying when they're talking to Kyrie Irving privately. Um, all right. Why the Pelicans should be worried about Zion's latest injury update that's coming up next. But first, let's talk about bet online.
0: Well, BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Maybe not in Miami. Uh, With a new update (laughs) site site interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available during the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON.
1: It's time to play Big Deal or Little Deal. We got a couple of injury notes to get to the Pelicans uh, are dealing with the latest zion williamson injury update coach willie green saying monday night that zion has not yet started running after undergoing foot surgery in the off season on media day david griffin said that zion should return by the regular season he should be on the court before the regular season um don't look now but the regular season is just nine days away right. like i said Zion is not even on the court running yet does not look like he's going to be ready is this a big deal or a little deal david
0: I think it's a huge deal. Uh, I'm at a point now where, I mean, this function seems to be the recurring theme of this podcast between Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and now New Orleans, certainly fitting to a tee there as far as Zion's return is concerned. Like it just seems like there is this complete lack of openness. Uh, I think it's something that the franchise has struggled with a lot over recent years, you know, from Anthony Davis and the way that finally played out and now with Zion Williamson, the fact that, His injury was withheld for as long as it was till right before media day. Uh, A huge concern, a huge red flag, and now he's not even available. He's just such a big component of what that team is capable of, and without him there, I just don't know that they have enough to kind of just coast through the regular part of the season. This isn't Brooklyn. This isn't a team that's played together or doesn't have enough talent to just kind of carry over the loss of somebody that is as crucial to that offense as Zion is. So they can't just make up for it. They can't put somebody else there to replicate what he does to a certain degree because nobody can. And so now I think they're just, they're really, really stuck here and they kind of made this grave and now they have to lie on it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a huge deal. What do you think?
1: I think it's a huge deal. And, and you, you mentioned the fact that they kind of, uh, are underplaying it i david griffin on media it's like I, I know you guys are gonna make this a bu- big deal like the media you guys are going, of course we're gonna make this a big deal it's your star okay. player dealing with yet another foot injury and he got surgery for it and nobody said anything until just now and well we didn't say anything because it wasn't a big deal that it's it's kind of a common practice for nba teams to announce when players undergo surgery um okay. the fact that they were kind of hiding it and maybe hoping hey maybe zion will be ready for media day and be ready for training camp. And we'll never have to tell anybody anything happened or because people know the injury history with Zion Williamson, that anything dealing with a foot or any sort of lower body injury with Zion is going to raise red flags in the media. And the fact that now he's not even available, not even running yet where they were saying, Oh, well, you know, it's not a big deal. He'll be ready for the regular season. He's not nine days away. He's not going to be ready for the regular season. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Um, this is a make or break year for the Pelicans. It is. Uh, they need to start showing that they could do something. They just hired Willie Green as head coach to try to take them to that next level. And um, if Zion's not there, there's no next level to get to. That's it's that simple. Um, as far as other injury news goes, Lakers guard Talen Horton Tucker will undergo minor surgery to repair
0: torn ligaments in his right thumb. Big deal or little deal, David? It's a little deal to me. Uh, I think. It's part of a bigger problem, but uh, as far as the loss of Horn Tucker, as nice a player as he can be or as much potential as Lakers fans are convinced that he has, I'm not sure that he was going to be getting a significant amount of playing time either, but why to me it might be a big deal, uh, kind of in potential anyway, is that there are issues with this roster and they're not going to get resolved anytime soon. Los Angeles hasn't looked particularly good. Russell Westbrook is still struggling, as we knew that he would. And now they were hoping that a player like Horton Tucker would provide some kind of consistency, some understanding of his role. And now he's gone, to for a significant, a significant amount of time. It does not look great there. I, I know that a lot of people are still kind of overlooking the preseason, just saying, well, it's preseason. You kind of dismiss it as they be. But there are questions about this Lakers team, and I'm not sure we're getting any kind of clear answers or clarification as to what version of the team we're going to see anytime soon. So that puts more pressure. The, the, the acquisition of Westbrook was to make things easier for LeBron, knowing that he might be dealing with more injury as he gets to this latter stage of his career. You bring in older players who, you know, in theory, would understand their role here in Los Angeles. Uh, But that just kind of makes it more difficult to put a good team together. And I don't think they have the kind of flexibility to just keep adding players as much as Lakers fans are convinced that they can just acquire any player available. That's not the truth. So I I do have concerns about this roster, but not necessarily about the loss of uh, Horton Tucker.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate uh, injury for Horton Tucker. They just signed a three year, $32 million deal um they the lakers are bullish on his future but i don't know that and and, you know people are saying yeah he could play a major role right away uh look it doesn't sound like this is going to be a long-term thing for him there's no timetable that i've seen yet but probably not gonna be a long-term thing for him he's young he'll be able to bounce back quickly my bigger concern is that this is the second injury that we're already dealing with right trevor reza is going to be out for a couple of months that's already been a thing Going the, the, the Lakers have the oldest roster in the league, the oldest roster like ever apparently, and we LeBron has dealt with major injuries two of the last three years. Anthony Davis has his share of injuries in his past. Uh, the concern with this team is age and injury, and if everybody keeps saying with the La- hey, if you're he- if they're healthy, they're favorites in the West or ought to be, uh, and I would agree with that. But already we're down two guys on this <laughs> roster, and the regular right. season hasn't even started yet, and so yeah. I'm concerned bigger picture for the Lakers, because if you're already dealing with injuries on a team that is feared to be injury prone, then, yeah, that's a big deal. But in terms of just Taylor Horton Tucker, little deal, not very concerned. He'll he'll bounce back quickly and be available at some point. But each one of these injuries hurts a little bit more for the Lakers uh, early on in the season.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, You know, look, I I, kind of waffle with this. Last week we had our overreactions pod. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Now it's, you know, midway through or almost towards the end of the preseason and I'm still kind of there like, oh, every, every new game provides another chance for overreaction and then the realization, oh, wait a minute, none of this means anything, but I don't think we've seen anything from the Lakers team so far that gives us any kind of confidence that they're just going to be able to switch on and figure it out midway through the season, especially as these injuries pile up. And you bring up a good point. Like, the injuries are happening to players that nobody expected those injuries to happen to. Not to a LeBron, not to an Anthony Davis, not to other older players on his roster. How much longer can you keep suffering injuries to key players or even major players like, uh, you know, LeBron and A.D.? and and have to hope to have any kind of consistency as the playoffs roll around you want to be at a point where you're building good habits towards the playoffs that you want to have some sense of stability and consistency this is not the way to go about that process
1: they haven't looked great in the preseason either i mean it's very your turn my turn between lebron and russell westbrook Anthony davis hasn't been available for all the games um there just doesn't seem to be much chemistry and now they're coming out and basically saying hey what what was anthony davis saying we we can't skip steps and everybody's sort of predicting maybe they get off to a slow start here. So um, not looking great early on for the Lakers, but you know, obviously we'll see how all this plays out. That'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On NBA wherever you listen to the podcast, 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. We'll be back here next Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked On Warriors and David over at Locked On Heat.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.